0: Everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. John chapter 6, verse 40. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this is uh, our first time as a parish uh, celebrating properly the Feast of All Souls, the commemoration of all faithful departed. Um, it's actually the first time I myself have gotten to celebrate it, which is a joy. Oh, nice! Yes. And so I thought... Um, Since it's uh, the beginning uh, of hopefully what will be a a recurring and happy chapter um, through the course of our parish life, I wanted to just offer actually a little bit of teaching in the sermon about what are we actually doing at All Souls um, before just offering a reflection on the gospel verse I just read Um, to clarify what we mean and what we don't mean when we commemorate the faithful departed. So um, the uh, impetus for... Um, the remembrance of the dead among the church as we do especially on this day the christian dead um, stems from this this gap that we recognize in life and in our life interpreted by the scriptures between um, the moment that we each die and the coming day of the lord when jesus comes back from heaven to earth uh, and raises all the dead from their graves and so there's this interval of time between the day of our own deaths and that day what's called in the bible the day of the lord the great day um The parousia, the second coming, those are all synonyms for the same thing. So where are the dead and what are they doing in this interim time? And that time has been given the name by the church, uh, the intermediate state. Because it's between two things, between this mortal life and the time of trial when we have a chance to come to faith and repentance. And then the restoration and healing of all things and the establishing of the new heavens and the new earth. There's this intermediate period. Period. We know um, from the scriptures that Christian souls are brought immediately into paradise. Um, Jesus says can say to the thief on the cross today you'll be with me in paradise and we know that to be absent from the body as a Christian is to be present with the Lord. So um, we do come immediately into you know the judgment of Christ there's only sort of it's a fork in the in the eternal road either life with him which is paradise and the new heavens and the new earth after that, or life apart from him, which is Gehenna and the hell that is after that. So, all Christian souls go to be with Jesus and are in a state of paradise. Um, but there seems to be suggested by the scriptures and held for for the entirety of church history and Christian thought, um, for many souls a season of sort of preparation for the glorious vision that the angels are always a sort of the throne room of Jesus where the angels are always praising God, that there seems to be this sort of um, season of preparation approaching Jesus. It, it has been called in the past, in church history, a season of purgation, and that's where the meaning sort of cleansing, and that's what the medieval church called purgatory, and they built all these sort of fanciful ideas about what it is. But the most regrettable part is it sort of came to be conceived of as like a bad place, as if it was like part of hell or something like that. And that was really a, a sort of fanciful misstep in the life of like Christian thought, and we can kind of trace it as a deviation from how the Church Fathers understood the witness of the Scriptures. Um, that it's not a part of hell, it's actually a part of heaven. It's actually a part of the same way there's joy in sort of getting to grow up into this life, into maturity. There's a joy in getting to be more fully healed and cleansed in the presence of the love of God. So as Anglicans, we don't go in for the medieval view of purgatory. um, But we do recognize the simpler and more ancient view that, according to the Scriptures, Jesus says, everyone will be salted with fire. But the fire, as described in the Bible, that emanates from the presence of God is the fire of his love. It's a burning furnace of affection and love. It says in 1 Corinthians that all of our works will be tested as with fire. And so there's some sense of passing through that fire to come into the presence of God face to face. And we actually see the biblical, the practice of praying for Christian souls who've died, actually witnessed in the Bible. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, St. Paul prays that Onesiphorus, who he has referred to in the sort of the present tense in 1 Timothy, has died. And then he says, may he find mercy from the Lord on that day. So he's praying for a merciful judgment on the, on the great day of the Lord. So St. Paul seems to almost certainly have been praying for the soul of a Christian brother who's died. So it's a biblical practice. The souls of the faithful departed aren't in some sort of frozen state, like, um, is it Star Wars, where there's kind of frozen in the bronze or something, waiting for judgment day. They're actually actively continuing to grow in their ability to enjoy God's presence. And so because they are not static, that's why we would pray for them, for the Christian souls who've died before. Not that we're asking anything that God of His mercy isn't already giving, but the same reason we pray for each other right? while we're still alive, that we pray that God would actually increase our ability to participate in His divine life. So with the souls of the faithful departed, they're having the residual malformation of sin healed. Right? It's the the fire of love of God is actually a, a healing fire, like sort of like in the old days where you'd use cautery to like um, sanitize a wound. Right? It's a fire that cleanses and heals what remains broken in us. I once heard this um, image described as, uh, and I think this is a very Anglican way of putting it. I thought it was C.S. Lewis, but I couldn't find the quote for today, describing. Um, what the ancients thought of as purgatory as the mud room of heaven. That you've entered the mansion of God, but you've got to get your dirty boots taken off, and sometimes they really are a bit of a tug. And to take off your coat, to be ready to sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb for eternity. I think that's a good picture for it. So the church on earth prays, for the church in paradise, that they would grow. The prayers for the dead throughout the centuries have always included a petition for three things: for light, refreshment, and peace. That there would be sort of this, and that, the, the, all those are sort of um, uh, what's like words of of convalescence, right? Think about like getting better in the old, you know, not hospitals these days, but I guess in the older days, as I've heard, where you could sit in like a sunroom and slowly get better by the light, you know, enjoying the refreshing light that's coming in. And that's a picture of the souls at rest in Christ's hands, being equipped for the glorious vision of God for eternity and for the new heavens and the new earth. So that's the intermediate state. On the last day when the Lord comes back, the souls of all faithful departed will then be reunited with resurrected bodies. That is the joining of heaven and earth. So the corpses in the ground and the souls in, in the hands of Christ come together together and our corpses will become resurrected just as Jesus' corpse was resurrected. And soul and body will then live together, and then Jesus in that moment, this sort of cataclysmic moment when he returns, will heal everything in the cosmos. All sin will be healed, all the demons will be banished to hell forever, everything will be made right, and then as soul and resurrected body, we will then behold Jesus with resurrected eyeballs to look at Jesus and enjoy God's presence forever. So while we wait that day, rightly recognizing that that day has not yet happened, there's this sense of expectancy and longing, and still praying. When we pray in the Our Father, "Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven," we're praying, Lord, well, we want that day. We want that day to come. We long for the fulfillment of God's saving work for the whole cosmos and for every individual soul who has died in Christ Jesus. That God's work in them. He says He will the work that he's begun, he will carry on to completion. And for the few very blessed souls, that completion may take place in this life. But for most of us, I think it's sort of the final polishing, as it were, the final refinement takes place when we cross the threshold of death into the presence of God. Amen.